Hi folks, Dave Mason here, and before we begin this week's episode of Field Notes, I just want to let you know that our episode this week is brought to us by you. That's right. This week's episode is sponsored by you. You see, Field Notes is a ministry of military evangelism, and military evangelism is supported by faithful missions giving by churches and individuals just like you. And so thank you. And now, this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Hello and welcome back to Field Notes. Today we move into what is probably the most important chapter in the entire Bible as regards to men and women and their eternal souls. John chapter 3 details a conversation between Jesus and an old man named Nicodemus. In this conversation, Jesus outlines the means of going to heaven, the way of getting into heaven, and the person who gets us into heaven. And so we open up John chapter 3 with Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night. It reads, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Father, thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. Help us to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want you to back up for a moment. Remember last week in John chapter 2, and the title of the sermon last week was 18 Inches to Salvation. And we talked about how Jesus was in Jerusalem performing miracles, his first public ministry, and many people believed in him. Now listen to John chapter 2, verse 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Now, in the Greek, John chapter 3, verse 1, there is a little tiny word, D-E in the English, de. It is translated and sometimes, but it is translated but almost all the time. In fact, the word D-E is at the beginning of verse 24 when it says, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Now, for some reason, it's missing from all of our English translations, but it's there in the Greek. And so if we read it, translated in the Greek, it reads like this. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in a man. But there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. See how that pulls the story of Nicodemus right into... It puts it right into context with what just happened, how men believed in Jesus because of his miracles, but Jesus didn't believe in them. But there was this man, 
a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And so we see that there's a difference here. There's something going on here that helps us to understand uh, what salvation is all about. Salvation is not about uh, just getting fire insurance. It's not about believing because of seeing miraculous things. It's not about believing because you saw. A lot of folks say, you show me and I'll believe. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews says. And so we have this old man, Nicodemus, coming to Jesus at night. And who is he? It says he's a Pharisee. Now, if you're not familiar with who the Pharisees were, they were the ruling religious group. Now, they were not ordained of God. Um, it just They weren't part of God's plan, but they were something that the Jewish people had created, an organization they had created uh, to establish religion. The Pharisees were legalistic. They held to the very letter of the law, but not the spirit of it. They were super, super concerned with ceremonial washing and, and concerned with whether or not people were teaching without their permission. And throughout scriptures, Jesus calls them hypocrites. And this old man, Nicodemus, he was a ruler among the Pharisees and the Jews. He was well-versed in Scripture. We see that over in John chapter 7. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. And most likely, Nicodemus did become a believer in Jesus Christ, because we see in John chapter 19 that he helped bury the Lord Jesus in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. So he comes to Jesus by night. Why would he... Why would he wait until nightfall to come and see Jesus? I think it's because he's probably afraid of his colleagues. He was afraid to be associated with Jesus until he knew who Jesus was. And most likely he wanted to have some interrupted time with Jesus to, to question him, to find out about him without a bunch of other people shouting and, and, and throwing accusations and such. This is a man who wanted to know the truth. And so he comes to Jesus, and, and the first thing he does is he says to him, he says, Rabbi. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles ex that you do except God's with him. He calls him Rabbi. Rabbi just simply, simply means teacher or master. And so here we have a lost man acknowledging that Jesus has greater wisdom than him and a wisdom that needs to be listened to. He calls him teacher. Teach me. And you know the world is like this. How many people do you know that would say Jesus is a great man? but would be hard-pressed to name one of his teachings. You see, acknowledging that Jesus has great wisdom, acknowledging that he should be listened to, and actually doing it, two different things. See, Nicodemus comes to Jesus because of the miracles. He says, no man can do the works that you do. No man can do these miracles that you do except God's with him. So the miracles are what drew Nicodemus to Jesus. We talked about that last week. Miracles, signs, they're wonderful, but they don't produce faith. The only thing that produces faith is the Word of God. Now, it's interesting that he comes and the first question he, he, he brings to Jesus, Jesus doesn't answer. Uh, a lot of times Jesus uses a very traditional Jewish uh, custom of answering a question with a question. This time he doesn't answer the question with a question. He just doesn't answer the question. You know, Nicodemus is looking for Jesus to say, yes, I'm from God. Yes, I'm the Son of God. 
miss on who you think I am. I am the Messiah. He doesn't answer the question at all. Because as important as that question is, who are you? Jesus knows that the underlying question in Nicodemus' heart is this. Am I going to heaven? And that, my friend, is the underlying question in all of our hearts. And so we pick up in our text, John chapter 3, verse 3, very important verse, very, very uh, misunderstood verse, but a very necessary verse. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus cuts right to the chase. No beating around the theological bush here. He tells exactly what's needed to happen if Nicodemus is going to understand anything about him. And here's the that's the that's the crux of it. You're not going to explain everything about Jesus to someone who doesn't believe in Jesus. You're not going to be able to explain all the intricacies. You're not going to be able to have a true theological discussion. You're not going to be able to actually convince them of anything until they submit their heart to Christ. And then the blinders come off. And then the understanding happens. Faith has to be placed in Christ first. The heart has to be converted before the mind can be converted. Yes, the mind needs some information, that's for sure. But the heart needs to be open too. Christ before the mind can be opened, really. Folks need to have Christ in order to understand Christ. And so Jesus uses an illustration that can be related to every man, woman, and child. Birth. Because everybody that's listening to me right now, you were born. <laughs> you, you had a birthday. You had a day when you came out of your mother's womb. Everybody, every that is universal to the human condition. And so he says, except a man be born again. Now that word again also means from above. But no matter what the translation, the meaning is clear. There needs to be a second birth for heaven to be a reality in your life. He says, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Jesus is not vague here. There are no exceptions to this rule. He says no one can enter heaven unless they have the second birth. And that is our message, folks. That is the thing we must tell all people. There must be a second birth. You must be born again in order to get into heaven. And you say, well, I don't know if I've been born again. Well, if you don't know you've been born again, you haven't been born again. Because birth is a very violent, is a very traumatic experience. Whether it's the first birth or the second birth, everything changes. In your first birth, you were in the womb, you were warm, you were surrounded uh, by fluid, you, you, you were, you were, uh, uh, all you heard was nice, wonderful sounds, and, and, and it was dark, and it was comfortable, and suddenly, you're out in the world, and you're cold, and you're naked, and suddenly, uh, sound comes up out of your throat for the first time, and you start crying, and if you're a certain age, they don't do this anymore, but if you're of a certain age, a doctor had you by the feet, and he smacked your your backside, and, and you started crying even more, perhaps. Birth is traumatic. 
Why would we think that the second birth would be any less traumatic? The second birth changes everything. If you've had the second birth, if you've been born again, you know it. The Bible says very clearly that you can know you've been born again. Over in 1 John, John's first epistle, he writes, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you might know you have eternal life. You might know. The Bible says you need to, you can know for sure. And so, born again. This is a phrase that is throughout Scripture. It's not just, Je- I mean, it's enough that Jesus used the phrase. Amen? I mean, if, if he used the phrase, that's enough. But it's in Scripture. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Born again. Peter says you've been born again if you're a child of God. The concept here is that just as a baby is a brand new person, the one who was born again is a new person. That's why I said if you've been born again, you know it. You're a different person. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what does birth bring us? Well, it brings us life into a new world. We were alive in our mother's womb. Life begins at conception. We were alive in our mother's womb, but now birth brings us life into a brand new world. You're alive right now, but the second birth brings you life into a brand new world, a spiritual life. Ephesians 2.1, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. That old English word quickened means brought alive. You he has brought alive. You who were dead in your trespasses and sins. You have a physical life right now, but your spiritual life, if you don't have Jesus, is dead. And Jesus brings you brand new spiritual life. He makes you alive. He gives you a second birth. Just as your first birth gives you a father here on earth, the second birth gives you a father in heaven. Romans 8.14, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so the second birth is adoption into God's family. Suddenly, you can actually call God Father. You hear a lot of folks saying all the time, you know, we're all the children of God. No, we're not. No, we're all the creation of God. Every man, woman, and child on this earth is the creation of God. Only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and have entered into the second birth, have been born again by the Spirit of God, can call God Father, Abba, Daddy. So Jesus says, you have to be born again. We pick up in verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he 
enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. So old Nicodemus, he does what most lost people do. He misinterprets the word of God. You ever have somebody who's not a Christian quote scripture at you and they quote it completely out of context? I hear it all the time. Politicians talking about how the scripture you know, enforces or approves of things like polygamy and slavery and things like that. None of that's true. You don't actually, you, you can't pick a verse or two out of the scripture and say, how oh, that's what it means. Sometimes scripture is, <laughs> that you know, there's a portion of scripture in Daniel that's actually written by a lost man. He gets saved at the end, but he was a wicked man. Nick, uh, excuse me, I got Nicodemus on the mind. But uh, old Nebuchadnezzar, he was a he was a wicked king. He actually wrote a portion of scripture. I believe Nebuchadnezzar got saved at the end, but he's detailing some things in his life. Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's a rule. The Bible details the lives of men and details sins and details things like that. And lost people many times pick and choose little pieces of the Bible and try to use it to prove their personal point of view, misinterpreting the Word of God. Nicodemus is misinterpreting the Word of God. Jesus said you had to be born again. Nicodemus makes this crazy, crazy statement. What, do I have to get back inside my mother's womb? I'm an old man. She's dead. I can't be born again. Jesus explains, listen, listen. There's a physical birth. That which is born of water, right? And of the Spirit. If you're not born of the water and of the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. He goes on to explain that in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You have to have a water or fleshly birth, and you have to have a spiritual birth. There's a physical birth, water and flesh. When you were in your mother's womb, you were in the water. Her water broke. You had a fleshly birth. Now there needs to be a spiritual birth. Why? Because we're all born in the flesh, and flesh equals sinful. We're all in our flesh. We're all sinners. We all need forgiveness. The second birth offers redemption and the ability to, 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 to live as God intended for us to live. Redemption, a payment for our fleshly sins, and the ability to gain entrance into God's kingdom. Jesus said, don't marvel. Don't question God's method. See, a lot of people say, well, that's just, that's just that's ridiculous. There's only one way to get into heaven. That's just mean and cruel of God. I got news for you. Nothing is mean and cruel of God. He made the whole place. It's his, it's his playground. He gets to set the rules. Don't get mad that there's only one way to heaven. Be thankful there is a way. God didn't owe us an avenue of salvation. He doesn't owe us anything, but he loves us so much that he does offer us a way of salvation through his son's death on the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't, don't question God's methods. They're his methods, not yours. Simply believe on him and be born again. That's it. Believe on him 
and be born again. Say, how do I get born again? It's very simple. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that thou, that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be born again. You'll, you'll be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be born again. You'll be saved. That's it. You see, a lot of people think that you've got to crawl on your knees till they bleed. You've got to give so much money. You've got to uh, live such a pious life and, and, and things like that. Folks say all the time to me, I'll get back into church once I get myself cleaned up. I can't go into church right now. I've, I've got too much sin in my life. I've got to clean myself up. i got news for you. You ain't ever going to clean yourself up. You can't clean yourself up. The only person who can clean your life up is Jesus Christ. And so get into church. Get in there today. If you're listening to us on J.D. Fox Radio and it's 8 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, wherever you're at, you still probably have time. You, if, you can't, if you don't have time to get into church this morning, you've got time to get in church tonight. Most churches have Sunday night services. Get into church today if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. Get under the teaching of the Word of God. Your heart will change. Your life will change. You can receive Christ as Savior. You can be born again. Back in chapter 2, it says, When Jesus was in Jerusalem in the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles that he did. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew it was in a man. But there was a man, but there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, who came to Jesus by night. There was a man. You can be that man today. You can be that woman today who comes to Jesus quietly, personally, seeking the truth. Because there is a difference between believing in Jesus and believing on Jesus. You can say, I believe in Jesus all you want, but until you step inside, until you let Jesus envelop you, until you commit your heart to him and let him do the work that needs to be done in your life. You haven't believed on him. That's what being born again is. It's surrender. It's complete and utter surrender, letting Jesus take control. Thanks for listening this week. Make sure you tune in back next week. We're going to keep going into John chapter 3. There's a lot in John chapter 3 uh, that needs to be explained. There's more to John chapter 3 than just verse 16. Amen? And uh, we're going to have a good time looking into God's Word. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Until next week, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. 
Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.